0: She's a real woman with a real life. She's someone you can relate to. Dawn Newton. Hey, welcome to the Dawn Newton podcast. I am your host, Dawn Newton. Hey, listen, if you are considering a remodel, a renovation, maybe you're just wanting to refresh some of your living spaces, but you don't know where to begin. My guest today is here to provide some professional expert guidance when it comes to all things interior design. Heidi Grant Starr is an interior designer. She joins me today. Heidi is also the owner of Society West Interior Design here in Bend, Oregon with over 18 years of experience in the design and building industry. Heidi is who we turned to when we did our major renovation last year in January of 2022. We started the new year off right and um, we could not have done it without the expert advice and guidance and experience that only an interior designer of Heidi's caliber could provide. So I've asked Heidi to join me to talk all things interior design so that if you are considering that renovation, that remodel, you just want to refresh, Heidi is going to provide that professional advice and guidance to help you get started on your next project, regardless of how big or small. Joining me in studio is Heidi grant Star. She is an interior designer and her company here in town, Society West Interior Design. I've been wanting to bring her on for quite a while, and so we've finally able to, to do that. So, Heidi, thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> this is awesome. When We were talking about Society West Interior Design. So, you've been here in Central Oregon about 18, 20 years?
1: 17 mm, ish years.
0: And so, when you start, let's just go, let's just start from the beginning. When you decided to become an interior designer, was that what you just, was that what your goal was? Or were you like, I'm going to do this and it segued into something else?
1: It was always an interest and a passion for me. Even as a young child, I used to redesign my room and move furniture around and paint (laughs) walls and make floral arrangements. Um, But I had an opportunity to apprentice at a design firm and um, it clicked. And the woman who took a chance on me ended up um, hiring me and I worked there for 11 years and then um, she actually became my mentor as well.
0: When we think about in, you know, being an interior designer, it just sounds so glamorous and fun. And you're here to maybe kind of shatter that
1: <laughs> a well, little bit. I do love my job and I've been doing it for a long time. I think we're going on about 30 years. So yikes. Um <laughs> But it is perceived to be much more glamorous than it is in TV shows and movies where it it sort of looks like a designer comes in and has an unlimited budget and puts together a pretty picture and the clients are always happy and there's no hiccups. And in reality, it's a little more rough and tumble, as you can attest to. There is um, construction problems and delays on shipments and sometimes clients who don't align with their partner. So I feel like the end... Vision is amazing, but getting there sometimes is bumpy.
0: And when starting out, especially and this would probably be for the designers that are starting out today. I'm sure it's a different today than it was then. Probably a I'm little sure bit. there's a lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I mean I don't think social media was as prevalent. We didn't have the HGTV
1: Correct. shows, things like that. I think trading spaces may have been around then. That's I'm dating myself. I don't I don't think so. I had clients that would have scrapbooks. They'd buy design magazines and cut pictures out and bring in a scrapbook and say, This is what I I want my living room to look like. And now I have clients who have Pinterest boards and house boards and they watch Magnolia Homes on, uh, or Fixer Upper, excuse <laughs> me, on HGTV. So yes, it has changed quite a bit.
0: What's the difference between doing design down in California, Santa Barbara, and then coming to Central Oregon? Was it was it a totally different experience, design, aesthetic?
1: Yes, and yes. Um, <laughs> old money versus newer money. So Santa Barbara has a lot of old money. So you're not necessarily taking things down to the studs and remodeling per se. You are updating because some of the buildings are historic. I think the aesthetics too. I was in Santa Barbara, so it's very Mediterranean where Bend is a little all over the map. We've got Tethro, you've got Tree Farm, you've got East Side, West Side, and every little part of town has a different style. Um, But at the end of the day, it's really what the client wants to live in and then creating that vision and that dream for them.
0: So when you start working with a client and someone says, hey, I want to do a remodel, do renovation, and there's a difference between the two of those too, a renovation versus
1: a remodel. Correct, yes. I would say renovations more facelift and remodel could be moving walls, taking things down to the studs, adding an addition.
0: When you are taking on these projects, and this is, I want to kind of dispel this perception, is that it's not just about colors and pillows and matching Very things.
1: True. There's It is a lot that you do. There's a lot. That's the fun part. And that's maybe a tenth of the, the actual project. But yes, there's a lot of psychology with the clients and figuring out what their vision is and how you're going to create that vision. And then there's just structural problems that come along because you never know what's lurking behind your walls until you start to move <laughs> them and take them down. Surprises. The fun part, like I said, is picking the colors and the throw pillows, but that's really uh, 10% of 10%
0: If somebody is looking to do a renovation or a remodel, what would be the
1: first thing you would say to someone? I would have them, if they haven't already, look around and decide what their style is like or what what is aesthetically pleasing to them. And They might do that on a social media platform, on a Pinterest, on an Instagram, or they might have a friend's house that they really admire. So they kind of get in their head what they like. And then if they are a Pinterest person or a house person, start to put together some design boards of things that they like because what will usually happen is they'll see a consistent thread oh I like white cabinets oh I like you know w- stained woodwork around the windows and beams in my house or I like a minimalist look and it'll start to create a vision and a pattern for them and then when you meet with somebody like a designer we have a direction to go
0: I remember that I you're as you're talking it's like bringing back my my oh, renovation memory yeah yes and talking about cabinets and what we do want or don't want. And are you open to this? I remember saying, I think I was pretty adamant. I don't want white cabinets. I
1: remember that. I, I do. was like, I
0: don't want white. But then when I started like pulling pictures and going through House and Pinterest and all the magazines and all that, it was like, wow, there's a lot of white
1: cabinets. <laughs> in my Isn't that funny?
0: I like, I do like white. I just didn't want all white. So we, it's kind of interesting when you kind of start squawking about what you don't
1: want, mm-hmm. and then when you really start pulling well, out what appeals to you, you're like, wow, okay, I need to rethink that. And you might have seen white cabinets in like a farmhouse, and yeah. that's not your style. But no. you do like a light, airy look, and so that's why we went kind of with a putty-ish light. Light cabinet, but not white, white.
0: Yes, and they were all the same color. I know.
1: That was crazy. (laughs) Well, kind of.
0: We'll get to that in a minute because those are the yeah. things that we don't take into account that you just have to like learn to go with. You know, in talking about designers and I know, and I we've talked about it and I've talked about it with friends where people would say, I, you know, I'm like, I need to go meet Heidi, my designer. She's helping with the house. And sometimes it would kind of raise eyebrows or like, oh, that's too rich for my blood or oh, wow. And it was like, no, 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 that's not at all. Please don't look at it that way.
1: I agree with you. It sort of has a stigma wow. and I even meet new clients who say they apologize for the state of their house which it always looks (laughs) fine and they say we've never done this before and I really view the first meeting as a getting to know each other and sort of a do we want to work together so do you want to hire me and do I feel capable to take on your project Um, a designer should never be intimidating and it should be something, if a good designer is worth their weight, they should be able to save you money in the long run because they have that talent and that skill at looking at the whole project and not going down rabbit holes that end up costing money.
0: How designers work, because some designers, and I think maybe you're one of them, is where, can I pay you for like five hours of consultation, yes. whether it's what, maybe picking out paint colors or what do you think would go good in this room? So it's not even about...
1: Yeah, it doesn't have to be a huge um, renovation or new build. It can be, we're thinking of doing a remodel and we'd like to pay you for your time to either look over the, the items that we've already pre-selected or put together a package for us because we're going to remodel in a year and we just want to know what a budget looks like. So we want to look at cabinets, we want to look at flooring, we want to look at tile, and we don't know where to start.
0: We couldn't have done what we did without having somebody guiding us the oh, whole thank way, you. So obviously. And then when you are interviewing a designer, Do you recommend that we interview two or three at a time? What questions you should ask?
1: For sure, interview two to three, um, because I think it really boils down to personality. They have to be talented and they have to know what they're doing. So look at their track record, look at their pictures on their website, um, get referrals. But um, personality is important because you'll have an intimate relationship with that person. And you want to make sure you speak the same language. Are they are they funny? Are they humorous? Are they too serious? It has to be flowing because tensions will arise when things go south and they always do. And you want to make sure that person has your back. Um, so interviewing is great and be very natural and ask questions in the interview. I've never done this before. We don't know what to expect for cost. What do you provide for that cost? Give us an example.
0: And I don't think anyone, because I know I did feel this way, is like, our house isn't in Tethero, It isn't in the newer subdivisions. It's not in Pronghorn. It's it's in the southeast suburban neighborhood. I wanted to make sure it's like I don't want to over improve my home. Mm-hmm. So it kind of prices me out of the market and it's not really cost effective to do that. But at the same time, trying to, and this was my own issue, was feeling worthy of having a designer come into the house. Mm-hmm. And like, how do I do this? And so, I mean, if anything, I guess that'd be my advice to anybody listening is like, don't think that you're not worthy of having somebody exactly. come in regardless of where you live or how big your house is or how small. I mean, I think sometimes it feels like, I don't know, correct me, that maybe smaller houses, are those easier or harder to do? I mean, ours is like 1,900 square feet, so.
1: It depends on the personality type of the 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 client. Uh, some people are more go with the flow like you and other people little, need a little more handholding and that's totally fine. But I think people should remember you're hiring a designer. So it doesn't matter how big or how small you are giving them the opportunity to do their job. And if they are good, they should like the transformation big or small. And they should like, you know, making the client happy because we work on referrals.
0: Do you still love what you do?
1: I do love what I do. I do. It's great to see the before and after pictures. I still get really excited.
0: We're going to take a quick break here in just a minute, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about the HGTV stuff—the reality yes. versus what is the reality—and you know, things to think about that you, the budget, all of those challenges that come yeah. up. Like I said, we're going to take a quick break, and we've been talking with Heidi Grant Star of Society West Interior Design. She's located here in Bend, just talking all things design because I think, and even watching some of those real estate shows, it's just like, oh my god. Parts of it are kind of cool, but some it's just like, <laughs> you didn't do a home inspection? <laughs> are you serious? Exactly. Like, I know you did. Mm-hmm. You're just doing drama. So I know we have that too in our, in our home improvement shows. And some are
1: legit, I think, and maybe, but there's a lot that's missing. It's all production at the end of the day. So um, look at it as entertainment. And yeah, we can get into that a little bit. It does make my job a little bit harder sometimes, for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with more with Heidi and um, interior design.
1: Hi, everybody, wherever you may be. This is Bill Shonley, and you're listening to Don Newton. Rip City, baby.
0: Hey, welcome back, everyone. I am your host, Don Newt. Heidi Grant Star is our guest today. I've captured her for the hour. She's an interior designer here in Bend. Her company is Society West Interior Design. I'd asked Heidi. We worked together last year. We were doing a renovation. Started at the end of January and kind of trickled into June. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> we had some mishaps, but I mean... I think that's one of the things too, Heidi, we should definitely talk about is the expectation like for us and then just how my husband and I are. And, and like, I don't know, I remember when I was younger, my parents did a remodel or re- renovation in their house. And I mean, the bathroom was the kitchen.
1: Mm -hmm. We cooked
0: food in our (laughs) walk. Whoa, yeah. You just kind of, for me, and plus, you know, we grew up camping. So I'm like, I'll take on the challenge. This is fun. I know the end result's going to be really cool. Mm -hmm. And I know this is, and yes, we're going to live in the house while this is happening. And it's just my husband and I, I can't imagine doing it if you had kids.
1: It would be hard. It would be very hard. Yes.
0: But you just kind of adapt and you just kind of take on the challenge and try to make it an adventure.
1: (laughs) A good attitude will go a long way. And we talked about that when I first met you guys and you seemed really easygoing. So I was like, this is going to be great for them. And you were along the whole way, even when half the cabinets came in the wrong color. And we didn't notice until they were installed because it was just a hair of a different shade of paint. It was the same color paint, but like a little darker on three cabinets or something.
0: It was amazing how that happened. And we
1: thought it was lighting and yeah. And you guys were great. You were like, well, it is what it is. Let's just get them replaced. And that was part of the COVID Uh, mishap and that when everybody was quitting and they'd have to shut factories down and things would get delayed we had a couple jobs like that that came in where production stopped and started a number of times and colors were off or doors were missing or fill in the blank it's gotten better i think it was
0: attention to detail and a work ethic issue well that's
1: I think it's still happening, but yes.
0: And you know, taking that forward, when we talk about the time that it takes or the expectation, I'm sure you've had clients, you don't need to name names or anything, mm-hmm. but <laughs> that were like, hey, we're going to be gone for a couple weeks. Can you just I do. do this while we're gone? Mm-hmm. And oh, and can we add a bathroom? Pretty much. Well, So that really does happen. That really does happen. <laughs> is that ever doable in the best circumstances?
1: Not unless it is on HGTV, where you have a crew that works 24 hours a day and there's multiple people there and there's an unlimited budget. And the people have moved out. So, yes, I guess it could happen in a perfect world, but not in bed. It's not going to happen.
0: So, how do you have that discussion with someone when they're like, hey, we just we need this done in time for the wedding, in time for Christmas, in time for Thanksgiving? And you do have, I don't know, a month or two because I can't even imagine, especially with, I know for us, when we first started, the first thing you were like, get your appliances ordered
1: immediately mm-hmm. because that
0: was the biggest thing because that was on back order. I think refrigerators were taking sometimes up to a year or two.
1: They are. Um, they still are, actually. They're range doors. hoods, mm-hmm.
0: that was another thing. Microwaves. So, so that's still ongoing.
1: It, appliances are still slow go. the higher and appliances. My one tip would be if you do have a big wedding or you have Christmas or you have Thanksgiving, don't try to cram it in beforehand because Murphy's Law will happen and <laughs> it, will not, it will not come together and you won't have a kitchen for Thanksgiving. My countertop installers won't even take jobs on three weeks before Thanksgiving because it's happened so many times. They say, please wait until afterwards and then they'll come and give you a new counter.
0: So how do you have that conversation with clients that have these pretty unreasonable expectations?
1: Um again, it goes back to that um, vetting or interviewing process. Just be really, I'm try to be very honest in the beginning and almost give not not discouraging news, but very realistic worst case scenario. And then hopefully going back to the managing expectations and underpromising and over delivering, if you give, you know the worst case scenario and you come in better, then everybody's happy in the end. So, I think honesty. Really? Do you like the
0: HGTV things, all the remodel shows where you like, oh my god, you got to be kidding. Do you hear that a lot from clients? Well, I saw it on here and they did it.
1: Yeah, it's getting not as often. I think about 2 year 2 to 3 years ago I heard it more, but I think people are becoming more realistic. The only thing I like about it is again it gives people that vision so they can see things they might not usually see in life. They get snapshots in people's, you know, luxurious homes and kitchens and bathrooms, but it is very just so everybody knows there's there's there is no budget because products are donated labor is donated and timeline is skewed and it's very unrealistic so we again have that conversation like it does look very pretty but it was painful it will be painful to get there and are we up for the challenge
0: and even now today, and I think this has always maybe been the case is, you know, kitchen and baths are your investment area
1: mm-hmm, for real, resale.
0: Is there anything else that is becoming, I you know, hardwoods, I mean, the styles that we're seeing today, and I guess the other piece of that is, you know, the style that we see today, how do we stop ourselves from becoming Oh, that was so 1990. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Or 2023. And I mean, I know gray has been a real big color. Mm-hmm. And is that going to date us when you walk in?
1: It will. And again, going back to a professional that helps you, a designer who can say, we're going to have some trend colors but it's not going to overtake the whole project so it's something that could be it'll give you that initial pop and it'll make it feel fresh but it could be changed over time without a big expense um so the design should be very transitional and the fine line is not being too boring and not being too flashy
0: do you have a design style that you love and one that maybe you don't love so much
1: well i think as i have been in this career for 30 years, Um, I'm appreciating more minimalism um, and letting certain things stand out, really beautiful countertops, nice flooring, simple things where there's just a little touch of detail here or there. The style I don't like so much is just where every room is a different theme (laughs) and there isn't a cohesive flow because some people really live by the more is better motto. Um, So I try to help pare that down for people and make it a little more cohesive and calming so it feels Like there is a flow and a professional helped you.
0: And so if somebody's wanting to do that pop of color, Mm -hmm. where would you like to see pops of color?
1: In a painted wall, in a painted room, in throw pillows, in artwork that is not very expensive. Things that can be changed over time. Not in countertops, not in flooring. Lighting is fun because you can buy you know, inexpensive lights that look expensive and they can be swapped out over time as well. But yeah, the, the big ticket items, I would stay more classic and neutral and then layer on the color. Well, that's just it too.
0: When you're going to buy those, the paintings, the pictures for the wall, the lighting, it doesn't have to, as you say, break the bank.
1: Mm-mm.
0: I mean, you can find it at our big box stores. You can find them online. I know there's quite a few online sites that we can go to and find things. I mean, absolutely. And I know people are doing more and more of that. Is there a caution to that when you're purchasing online? I mean, I know if I do that, I am I am scouring all of the comments mm-hmm. and the reviews. All the reviews, yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah, I think read the reviews. Um, again, going to a professional that has trusted websites they've used before. So I refer my clients to certain lighting websites because I know that they deliver a nice product for the price point. Again, reading reviews are, are great not going for the cheapest item, I would say, because that sometimes is a problem. You can get a great deal on a light fixture and if it comes from China and it's missing a part and you've paid the electrician 150 bucks to be there per hour and he opens your light box up and it's missing that part, well, then you're out the money. You didn't really save any money at all because he's got to come back when the new light fixture comes. So I think just being smarter and thinking about the, um, the long-term goal instead of just saving that buck.
0: So let's get down to what a day in the life of Heidi (laughs) in interior design, because I know you do a lot. You wear a lot of hats. You're a psychologist, a counselor, you are a general contractor, all of these things that I don't think we understand. I mean, I do certainly understand and certainly have much more appreciation for like, you are herding cats sometimes. Mm -hmm. Talk about that.
1: My main goal is to be the client advocate. So, you're hiring me, I am representing you. And what that looks like is managing a team of subcontractors and shipments and deliveries. I have a team of people I work with who I can trust but things happen and schedules get thrown off and there is a lot of psychology where I'm talking to the client, making sure they understand what's going on, making sure the subcontractor shows up and needs what he needs and doing that whole herding cat thing while taking a lot of deep breaths and (laughs) trying to keep the ball moving forward.
0: When cabinets come in in different colors. Yes.
1: Um, um, I try to be really present. So when the cabinets come in different colors, I want to go there and I want you, Don, to know that it is important that we get this fixed. It's not just like, send me an email. I'll take care of it. I'll follow up when I have a solution. That doesn't work. The designer should go on site and they should see what's happening. And they should then take that information and crack the whip behind the scenes and fix it. Well, and I think too, one thing to understand um, is for the listener to understand is what you do
0: when you're getting these contractors lined up. And then we have demo, you have electrician. It's a um, fine, t-
1: it's, a t- it's like a timing game.
0: Oh, the plumber, the tile guy, the flooring guy who was the paint guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. All of these. The drywall guy. And you want to keep it going, but they also have schedules that other jobs, they're not just, just it's not just your job, mm-hmm. that they're sitting and waiting for their turn to come in. You're really working hard to schedule them in so that they're getting their time well used and making their profit for their business. Exactly. But that's something that I think
1: pretty impressive how you're able to do that. Thank you. It's, it's hard. Um, again, it goes back to having the right team. So the people I work with, for the most part I've worked with before many many times and they all know each other so even though they run their own you know there's the tile guy who knows the countertop guy and those guys have to coordinate together so it's not some unknown player that we've thrown in the mix who didn't show up to do his job But it is really project management and managing people's timelines and managing adults' timelines, which can be challenging. So when you're looking to hire a contractor, plumber, electrician, whoever's doing
0: the demo, the install, all of those individuals, how do you vet them? What's your criteria?
1: Referrals uh, from personal referrals, people I know for the most part. um, And then if a client has a good experience with somebody that I'm not familiar with, I will take that client's referral because that's also great. They've had that person in their home. Again, very personal. Um, I don't just look online and I don't read online reviews per se. I have to know somebody who's worked with that person before. You have a lot of projects. I do have a lot of projects. And um, Bend is not slowed down and people are renovating, coming into town and renovating because now they can work remotely. Um, but it's, I'm thankful. I'm very thankful to have a busy, busy job. How do you balance your
0: time? Because it is an emotional draw on you. I can't. I mean, it's a work in progress.
1: How do you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting better. I'm 30 years in, and I'm getting better. Um, it's a lot of just um, sticky notes reminding myself, you know, what's important, and to just kind of take it as take it evenly instead of high low high low high low. Ride the wave. It's hard. It's a life skill.
0: And as far as how many projects you take on at a time, does it depend on the size of the it project? Does.
1: Size of the project and who I have available to work on the project. So somebody might want a full remodel and I don't have that crew available when they want to start. So it it really depends.
0: And so I know you've done some model homes Mm -hmm. in the area. Mm -hmm. Is that easier to work on than it is working with clients?
1: It's easier, but it's not as rewarding. Um, It's it's very non-emotional because there's nobody to talk to except for myself. So I just get in my designer brain. But working with people is fun and seeing them have a great outcome is rewarding. So I do like that part.
0: What would be warning signs or maybe a red flag
1: for clients when they're working with a designer that maybe you should rethink this relationship? A designer that puts their ego first and wants to, um, for lack of a better word, bully you into their vision. I've worked with designers just in a shared working space where they want to project their design style on their client and they push them into something that... The client really doesn't want but they feel intimidated and at the end of the project the client is unhappy and they'll hire another designer to redo what the last one did because they didn't get what they want and it's not my job to do everything the client wants but there's a middle ground to where i take extract the information you give me i put the professional spin on it and we create something together
0: and as a designer you're doing everything from how we're going to take down a wall or maybe we need to take this wall up higher all of that aesthetic all the way to our lighting, to the handles on our cabinets Mm -hmm. and all of it. I mean, it's such a broad spectrum of of what you do.
1: It can be, or it can be somebody just has a powder bath they want to redo. So it's the scope of of the client gets to decide that. But yes, uh, currently most people, again, the kitchen leads into the great room, leads down the hallway, leads into the bathroom. So it's one big project.
0: And do you advise when we talked about earlier, as far as when we see rooms that have a different theme, mm-hmm. I just think of Graceland and Elvis. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what I think of. But, um, do, how do we, if people, especially with kids, because mm-hmm. you have the kids and they want to do, is that something that we just let the kids do? Or is that kind of an off-limits thing? May, or how how I think would the,
1: you advise that the kids should be able to have their own space in their room, their individual taste in their room. I think there's nothing wrong with that. But what you don't want is the great room completely, a, you know, a different theme than the kitchen or the dining room. The common shared spaces it should flow together. But I think it's okay to let the kids kind of do their own thing. Now, if they want black walls and <laughs> skull pictures, again, that's really up to the parent. <laughs> <laughs> But um, you can't force them to live in a, a model a model home. Do all cabinets
0: need to match, like in the kitchen, the bathroom? No, things like that. You can and you can mix metals. You can mix woods.
1: Exactly, mix metals, mix woods. I personally like the paint color to flow throughout and be the same. But there are ways to just have a shade lighter or darker in different rooms of the same tone. So that gives you kind of a fun effect. But yeah, there are there isn't a matchy matchy rule anymore, but they do have to go together. And that's kind of the tricky part.
0: Yeah, you, you want to you keep that originality. You want it to say who you are, represent who you are. And then sometimes I think that's something we, we
1: still, it's like, who am I? <laughs> like, well, we have so much so much data thrown at us and so many different styles. You might not know because you've been exposed to all these different things. Well,
0: Heidi, we're about ready to run out of time. But if anybody does want to reach out to you, Heidi, where would you like them to go?
1: You can look at societywest.design online. Um, and you can also find me on Instagram, societywest.
0: Well, I really appreciate you coming in.
1: Thank you so for having more me. So many questions
0: we can do. But I um, yeah, I think you got to love where you live.
1: Yes. Love and your space is my tagline on my website, and I do feel that strongly.
0: And it doesn't need to be what you, it doesn't even need to be what's on you see on HGTV or Absolutely. in our new subdivisions that are...
1: Sterile sometimes. <laughs> Those were your words, For lack of a better word. (laughs) Um, No, it should be personal, but it should be tied together. And so hopefully, if it's not me, a designer, don't be intimidated. They can definitely help you achieve that oasis in your home.
0: And you're always available to answer questions.
1: Of course. Yeah. I'd rather answer questions up front than get halfway into it and have you say, I wish I would have asked. (laughs) <laughs> and you're like, oh no. Yep. <laughs> Heidi, again, thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. It's been great.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to the Don Newton podcast. And a special thank you to my guest, Heidi Grant Starr of Society West Interior Design. If you'd like to reach out to Heidi, learn more about her work, societywest.design is the place to go. And be sure and check out my website, DonNewton.com. The Don Newton podcast is written, produced, and hosted by Don Newton.